What's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. I'm Brett Stewart, the host, and today my co-host is back with me. I mean, I have a lot of co-hosts, but this <laughs> one I'm I'm excited about. Um, not to say I'm not excited about the other ones, but man, this is a killer intro. I feel I'm just, so honored. You like... should. I, I haven't even said your name yet. But anyways, back with me today is Carson Grigsby. What's up, guys? Brett. Thank you so much for having me. Heck it's out, always a joy to be on the podcast, um, and it it seems like you love me more than other people. Maybe I, that's, I'm just kidding. That's, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I mean, I'll admit that. I'll admit that <laughs> over the air. Um, but no, I'm super excited that you're here for today. And and the conversation that we just had with our guest uh, was awesome. It was encouraging, yes. and it it takes you back to a a simple place of what the Lord created us for. Yeah, um, 100%. Honestly, and, and without giving away the the conversation, because we're about to jump into it, um, yeah, it, it it's very simple but powerful, and it, it creates a whole new perspective of what our expectations are, what our, you know, hopes and desired outcomes are, but also just knowing God and, and making Him known. Um, Carson, you mentioned to me just a minute ago about a song that's been rocking your mind and your heart lately. Yeah. It kind of goes along with that and it goes along with our, our conversation with our guest yeah. today. But but what's that song called and like what's the what's the gist of it? Yeah, there's there's a song called Restoring Eden. Um it's by a group called MBL Worship, um, which is a group that came from Circuit Riders, um, which is a YWAM ministry, but the MBL stands for Met by Love. Um, and they just they have this song called Restoring Eden, and it's, it's honestly turned into a prayer for my own life. Um, just one of the verses is saying, like, here is where I find the fullness of you, Jesus Christ. Freedom, joy, and true life is waiting here for me. There is nothing in between. And it's, and it's just this idea of, of asking God to take us back to this place where we are living right with Him, um, to take us to this place where where He has awakened us to see His glory yeah. um, and just the magnificence of Him, um, to where our heart's only desire is to love Him, the one the one who's found worthy of our love and adoration. Um, and so that's just something that this song has turned into a prayer. And I seriously believe like this conversation that, um, that we just had, um, is going to seriously bless your socks off. And yeah. is, you know, our prayer is that it, that the Lord comes and awakens, um, his true beauty in your own life. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. All right. Well, you, you summarize it really well. So let's just jump on into today's episode. Let's do it. All right. Well, today we have with us Claire Shipley. Claire, what's up? And welcome to the office of Brett Stewart, where we do most of these podcast recordings. Uh, but let's tell our listeners, who are you? What do you do? What's the Lord doing? What's he leading you into? Hey, Brett. Hey, Carson. Yeah, as Brett said, my name is Claire Shipley, and I just got done with my DTS with YWAM Kona. Um, what I'm doing next is hopefully actually going back to Kona and staffing. Really excited. And then in between, I'm just seeking the Lord every day and uh, working, hopefully getting a job just uh, short term. That's pretty yeah. much it. So you mentioned DTS and YWAM. We're throwing out a lot of letters and acronyms. Yes. Go ahead and explain <laughs> to people, for those who don't know uh, what either of those means, um, 
break it down. What does DTS, what does YOM stand for? Yeah. And then kind of tell us about your experience over that six months that, that you were doing that. So YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission, and it was founded in 1960 in Switzerland, and the first DTS base was founded in 1977 in Kona, Hawaii, and that's where I did my DTS. DTS stands for Discipleship Training School, and essentially it looks like um, three months. Most most DTSs run for about six months total, three Mm -hmm. months lecture phase, three months outreach activation phase, and uh, yeah, the the simple mission statement of YWAM is to know God and to make God known. And so that's essentially where everything flows from in this ministry. It's amazing. That's really good. And even you saying that, that's essentially where everything flows from in this ministry. Kind of go a little bit more into depth of that first part, that that three months of, of study lecture style and what you learned in that, and then how that equipped you, empowered you, sent you out into the the last three months, which is, you know, kind of feet on the ground, hands and feet of Jesus, uh, serving people. And I mean, it was in a bunch of locations. And so you can talk about that also. Yeah. Awesome. So the first three months were in Kona, Hawaii, as I said, and this looks like just suffering for the gospel, suffering. by the way. Absolutely <laughs> suffering. Hawaii. Absolutely I, anybody suffering. Anybody who goes to the YWAM in Hawaii, <laughs> I always just throw that out there. Oh, also, okay. I'm, we'll get back to you. I'm going to go a total random story. So one time I was mowing my yard and these two Mormon elders were riding on bicycles and they passed by me and I saw them like, you know, they made the eye contact with me and I knew that I was on their radar, but I guess they were intimidated. So they like rode down, but kind of like looked at me and I was like, oh, these guys are coming back. Um, and so then they pull up and they're like, hey, can, can we talk to you for a while? And I said, yeah, sure. Why don't you grab the weed eater and the blower and like, <laughs> let's do this. Well, they didn't, which normally I've heard stories of like when they show up, sometimes oh. they do yard work. They, they turn up. They yeah. don't mess around. Yeah, they didn't for me. Anyways, they, <laughs> we ha- I had a great interaction with them. I actually, I got to pray with them and share Jesus with them. But um, before that, they were telling me about, you know, I was asking them about, you know, have you been raised in, in the Mormon church? And um and then they pulled out this pamphlet and were showing me these various locations of temples and whatnot. And they showed me one in Hawaii. And they're like, look how beautiful this is and this and that. And I turned to them and I said, man, what did you do that you didn't get to go there and you got placed in Abilene, <laughs> Texas? And they just looked like they did not laugh. That I, I thought I was going to like, I thought they were going to crack a like smile or something. Like they were totally serious and I probably offended them. But then I was really nice to them and had good conversation <laughs> with them, told them about Jesus and prayed with them. <laughs> but anyways, it's for whatever reason that story just popped in my mind. So I usually give people a hard time about going to Hawaii for, you know, mm-hmm. missions, but then that story just came into my head. So, all of that major detour back <laughs> Back to our program. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that commercial break. You're welcome. Brett. <laughs> commercial break. Um, but yeah, essentially your question is what did those three months in yeah. lecture phase look like? So I would say that those three months were, yeah, really the preparation phase before boots on the ground. Let's go share the gospel. And every single week we had a different speaker rotating in. Some of those people looked like, um, Gabe Stridham, Andy, uh, Andy Bird, and uh, 
Lindy Kofer and just amazing, amazing people. Amy yeah. Ward all came through and just encouraged us, gave revelation to us. Um, for me personally, I really, really, really learned a lot about just diving into the secret place. Mm -hmm. And it says in Psalm 27, four to seek the Lord, to inquire in his temple, to gaze upon his beauty all the days of your life. And that is essentially what intimacy with the Lord looks like, you know, in that season I learned intimacy is friendship with God. And, you know, I want a face to face friendship with God, like Moses had when Moses would stand in the the place of meeting and would have face to face conversations with God. And he would actually change the mind of God and asked him, God, can I see your glory? And God responded and showed his glory to Moses. And that is the goal. That should be the goal of our lives is to get as close to the veil as is possible to see with unveiled faces as yeah. much as we can to encounter the glory of God every single day in intimacy. Yeah. Uh, I like that you bring up you brought up Moses. Did you hear that bringed up? I'm I speak for a living. Um <laughs> glad you that you brought in Texas. So. I know. So it's okay if I <laughs> talk like hick. All right. Uh I'm glad you brought up Moses though cuz something that that um in a, a guys group that I'm in on Friday mornings, we, we talked about this the other day and, and my wife and I have been talking about it more in depth, mm-hmm. but just this idea that scripture tells us that the Israelites knew the, the works of God, the events of God, they knew yeah. how God had moved and their faith was based upon that. Yeah. But it says Moses knew the ways of God. He knew mm-hmm. the ways of the Lord. And there's like, there's a really big difference in knowing like, okay, God has moved in this way, and so let's keep doing this formula and replicate this because he was faithful to move in it, and so we're just going to stay there and keep doing it mm-hmm. and you know, thinking like he's going to keep showing up. And he will because the grace of God, like he'll meet you in that, he'll bless that, uh, at least for a season. But this idea of knowing the ways of God and and having that that encounter and that intimacy and knowing mm-hmm. God and spending time with him like I want to get to the place where I know the ways of God I'm not just citing ways that God has moved yes. in you know in history or in testimony or in scripture or this or that all those things are great but like I want to know the ways of the Lord in such a way that that I can take bold steps like Moses of faith so good. and see the glory of God be unveiled and revealed, you know? Yeah. That's so good. That's so sweet. That's one thing that I constantly, like when you're just saying that, both of you sharing that is one thing that I think about for like my own life personally is living in a place where my hands are open to Jesus and my life is fully surrendered to him. Yeah. That I'm, you know, asking the Lord that, Lord, give me the grace to be bold. Um, that, but when you do ask me to do something that, that I'm bold to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, I, I love how you said that, like, do we know like the ways of God? Like, do we, do we know like what he wants us to do? Like, what is the purposes that he has called us to? Um, what is he, and what has he called us to? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's so sweet. That's good. And there's another thing about that verse, Psalm 27, four, uh, and I'll, I'll read it again. One thing I've asked of the Lord that I would seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Um, there is something that, that one of my good friends, and, and he's a pastor on staff, uh, Lucas West, shout out to Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our he's one Woo! of our worship pastors. 
But one thing that we were in a group and we were having a worship night actually, and he just he made us think in a total like backwards way of like okay, let's imagine the day that we're face to face with God yeah. in heaven mm. in eternity, and just he just described this this great encounter of like to be able to gaze upon the beauty in the eyes of the Lord, like think revelation Jesus, like yeah. in his full glory, but our ability to gaze upon it. And he said something to the, to the effect of, Lord, if I had only known how beautiful you were, yeah, like that's it. how would that have changed more of what I did on this earth? If I yeah. had only known how beautiful, how powerful, how mm. glorious this encounter is with you. Mm. And and I just thought it was such a great question to like live backwards yeah. from. Imagine that day and gazing upon a mm. beauty that we are gonna be, you know, have no words for, awestruck at, and live backwards yeah. in such a way that our life is anticipating that moment and that encounter. I don't know. Just when when he yeah. led us in worship that night and and brought up that point, I've never forgotten about it. And it's well, just it's like so man. Yeah. And so when you when you say Psalm twenty seven four, um, you know, dwelling in the house of the Lord, gazing upon his beauty, like that's what I mm. think. And if I if I, if we could just live with with that kind of perspective every day and live backwards from it, I think it would it would change our interactions with people. It would change how we see oh, ourselves. It would change how we see other people. And then how we articulate and describe the love of God through yeah. Jesus to people, it would be so transformed. That's so good. That's what I, I, I think about. There's this author that um, wrote this sentence in a book called Imagine Heaven. Um, and he said, I feel as if the reason that we live such self-centered lifestyles is simply because we have a poor view on the life to come. He yeah. said, if only that we could imagine heaven, then maybe we could live for it. Mm. And yeah. I, I love that you said it because that's that's literally what imagining heaven is, is it's seeing Jesus's beauty. Yeah. Um, it's it's asking him to, to see his glory. Because um, mm. once you see that, there is... there. Your perspective is forever fixed on that. Yeah. It's, it's something that Amen. you don't you don't want to lose sight of. Yeah. It's something that you never not want to seek. You always want to seek after it. Yeah. And so I think I, I I love that so much. Yeah. And just even you know to anyone listening, and I want to encourage you because none of us are there. We're all on this journey. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter where we are. 100%. We can take a step forward. But but really, like I don't I don't want for anyone to get to heaven and just be like, man, if I had only known, I would have, yeah. I would have actually given my life for this. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have just made it a, you know, an eternal security, you yeah. know, investment, but like I would have given my life for yes. this. Yeah. Um, and we can do that. And so I, I want to kick it back to you, Claire, on how, you know, this, you, you talked about Psalm 27 and, and kind of intimacy with the Lord. And that was a lot of the preparation before like the mission and the going out. Um, what did you learn in those three months? You know, you mentioned three things uh, before we started recording, uh, like the the top three things the Lord showed you. Yeah, it's good. And then as you share that, how would you encourage, you know, anyone listening to this to to develop and grow in that as well? 
Yeah, it's so good. So the three things I learned are intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And we did kind of just touch on it. But um, essentially a question that Andy Bird asked us when he came and spoke is, what does success look like to you? And a part of my testimony is I am an overachiever. I love to strive. I love to work. I love to do. It's much easier for me to want to do things for the Lord. And it's, you know, for people you love, you want to do things for him. And I wanted to do things for God. And uh, he asked us that question and I listed out three things that, you know, I thought I had to do to earn God's favor. And at the end of his sermon, Andy said, success looks like face-to-face friendship with God. Mm. That's what it looks like. And, you know, the angels in Revelation, they say, um, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty as they surround the throne of God. And I believe that they say that every single second that Jesus's face turns a milliliter, just a milliliter. They have to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty because they're receiving fresh revelation of who God is Mm. every single second. And that's what eternity looks like is just being with God face to face. Mm. So, yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. And I I mentioned this right before we started recording, but because it, it, it sounds so simple and it makes sense of, hey, we're going to spend three months, you know, yeah. really learning how to develop intimacy with the Lord and time with Him. And that's going to be what empowers us to go out to love and serve people and to yeah. share the gospel. But so often, you know, we just, we're, we're, we just do, 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 yeah. do. And what you just said, you're an overachiever. It's easy to do things for God. Mm. I'm that same way. I'm like, let's get stuff done. Like, you know, why is no one doing this? Let's do it. Hey, they did this. Let's do it better. Like, we get so busy trying to do things for God that we miss being. We miss being with Him. We miss being a friend of God, He being a friend to us. And how would that change what we do if we actually cut back and, like, spent time with the Lord how much different would everything be? Like we could be more productive in the kingdom of God with mm. less time doing yes, because of what's happening in our like being yeah. with him. It's so good. Yeah. Um, that's what, it's funny that you say that because last time I was literally on the podcast, um, there's this analogy that the Lord gave me um, that when you think about a boat yeah. and how fast a boat goes, the boat actually comes up out of the water. The faster it goes, mm-hmm. the more it gains speed, it gets up out of the water. But the slower mm-hmm. that it goes, it actually sinks down into the water. Mm-hmm. It gains depth. And I, I, and I think about this is that, is that when, when, when we walk in the grace of God, when we walk step in step with Jesus, it's, it's, what I what I see is it's a boat that never loses its depth, mm. and, and it's it's almost like a submarine, if you will. Yeah. It, it it only it goes deeper and deeper and deeper with him, um, and 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 the grace is marked where it's able to do that. It, it's able to go to the depths um, because it's it's defined by its creator and it's walking in step with its creation, and so the creator and the creation are now walking together hand yeah. in hand, and it's. It's a life that's lived in unison that you're um, one with God, and it's it, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean the key to Jesus' ministry was that he withdrew yes. to yeah. places where he was with God mm-hmm. alone. Like that was the key to his ministry, and something that my wife and I have been real big on lately, um, and it it 
again, it sounds so simple when I talk about it, but it, it really, it transforms and changes everything. But like Jesus, learning the humanity of Jesus, like we're told that that Jesus, he forsook his glory. He like put it off. He mm. left yeah. it and he came in the form of a man and a servant and mm. walked out this perfect yes. obedience. And that the things that Jesus did, he did in his humanity. He did yes. as a man. He wasn't just like God in a flesh suit, but like <laughs> this, this is Jesus like True. in the flesh. And so what he did is a model of what we can do and the kind of intimacy that we can have with mm. the Father. And there's so much that we could unpack with that. That's a whole different podcast for another thing. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I, I think it's Philippians that he empties himself of glory. Yeah. He takes on the role of a servant, walks out this perfect obedience, even obedience to the point of death, death, death on a cross. Amen. And then it's because of this obedience that he is exalted and given the name that's above every mm. other name. And so just this idea that that spending time with God in the secret place and the in growing your intimacy with him, yeah. it actually changes everything you do and it changes your strategy. Like I think I think we would learn that we don't have to work so hard and try so hard if we simply knew the ways of God and just loved him and knew how to hear his voice and knew how to see as he sees. So good. So um is there anything else in those three months of of you know, lecture style, learning, equipping, really growing intimacy with the Lord. Is there anything that came from that that you can share with with other people? If if people listening to this are like, you know, I just, I don't know how to encounter the Lord. I don't know how to yeah. have these like sweet encounters that people talk about with Him. Like, what would you encourage them or how would you, what would be like a, a first step that you would encourage them to go into? How do they develop that intimacy with the Lord? Yeah, I've been asked that question a lot, um, especially these past uh, three months on outreach, um, because, you know, it's seen whenever you walk in intimacy with the Lord, it starts to seen it, mm-hmm. to be seen in your life. I moved from this place. I remember the first week of lecture phase, I cried to the Lord because I couldn't feel anything. I was so numb to him because yeah. I had just worked and done all these things for him rather than being with him, abiding with him. And I remember every single worship, you know, I'd stand, I would kind of feel something. And then it started to move into me needing to be on my knees, needing to, to cry out to the Lord, not being able to stand because I was getting so touched by his love for me. Mm -hmm. And just something I would encourage the audience is to, uh, you know, for me, it looked like I needed to wake up at 5 a.m. to be in the secret place. I needed to be with him. But I also became really good friends with a girl who, um, her name is Allie, and her and I just held each other accountable to being in the secret place every single morning. Um, and I took it literally, that psalm that says, morning, noon, and night. I took that literally what David had to say. I started yeah. being in the secret place morning, noon, and night, hours dedicated to the Lord. And it's still possible to do, even if you are busy working, um, have a family, whatever it looks like in school, you can still do it. Um, it says in Matthew six thirty three, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It does not have to look like hours in the secret place. It can be yeah. 30 minutes dedicated to him first thing in the morning, late at night if you're not a morning person. 
but just seek him, just Mm -hmm. seek his face. And honestly, it makes it easier to go throughout your day prioritizing him because all of a sudden he's just with you and everything you do, it's no longer working. It's he's just with you. Yeah, That's just something I would encourage the audience. So when you say seek his face to someone who they don't know what that means, or maybe they say, you know, I've never seen the face of Jesus. Maybe they all they've seen is just pictures or the passion of the Christ or, <laughs> you know, the chosen yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like, what does that mean? How does it look? How can someone get mm. there? How did it look for you? Yeah, that's so good. For me, it was conversation with the Lord. And I honestly believe that this is a huge way to encounter to encounter Jesus. I started to picture Jesus sitting right next to me. You know, he he wants to be our best friend. It's from that place um, that intimacy flows from. And it was just talking with him, like talking with a friend. It was having a conversation with him, um, constantly being in conversation with him throughout my day. And I grew in prayer and intercession. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of resources, which I'll share at the end, that cool. really help with growing in prayer and intercession. Nice. What about for you, Carson? You've experienced a lot of spiritual growth, development, uh, mm-hmm. intimacy with the Lord over the last few years. It's it's been fun for me to to witness that in you and get to see that grow. Like, how did it look? How does it look to seek the face of the Lord? And how would you encourage someone who hasn't experienced that or doesn't know what to do? So for me, it's you know, it's honestly one of those things that's it's also a discipline as well as as well as a joy. Um, It has to to be be, a discipline. Exactly. Because there's days that I wake up and I mean, this morning was one of those days. Like, um, like I woke up and I was so tired and I, and I, I wake up every day at six, six 30. I'll read my Bible for about 30, 45 minutes, pray and worship. And it's like, just to start out my day. Right. And, to, to seek him to to yeah. figure out who who is my god what is what what is his character what i mean what what is he like it's just knowing who who my father is yeah. um and growing in a friendship with him just like you would in any other relationship when you're talking with someone you're wanting to know hey like what was your life about before i met you what like what what is your heart like like what 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 do you yeah. desire what what are your intentions for me um and so walking with him in that, and like I said, this morning was just one of those days where I woke up and was so tired, but it's one of those things that Jesus, you are so good yeah. Yeah. and you are so, so worth it. And so anything that you call me to do, getting to know you better, getting to talk with you, you're, you're calling me to do this. So I know it's for a good reason. I, I think about the story of the rich man in the, in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this rich man walks up to Jesus. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him some, some commands, you know, you, you know, the commands. And he says, well, I've kept these since, since I was a little boy. And mm-hmm. Jesus tells him, well, then give up everything and come and follow me. And the rich man walked away sad and he did not give up everything. Yeah. And, and and I think about that story and you notice like the reason why the rich man walked away sad was because he called Jesus a good teacher, yet not a good God. Mm-hmm. See, if, if we actually, for me in my own life, when I started viewing God as good, and I think it's such a cliche thing, we hear it all the time, like God is good, he's amazing. Right. But, but when we actually realize what does it mean that God is good? Well, for me in my own life, it was realizing that 
everything that he calls me to is for a good purpose and reason, that he is a good God. And if he calls me to do it, then it is for a really good reason. And so for me, it's waking up every day. Like he wants me to know who he is. He wants me to communicate with him because he loves me because he cares for me. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that it, it's it creates it's such easier to create a discipline of waking up every day. And there's days where I don't want to do it, and there's days that I want to do it so desperately, and I wish yeah. I had more time. And so, really, that if there's one thing that I could leave you with is is create a discipline and create like how Claire said, create someone that can hold you accountable. That it's it's not a thing about shaming them whenever it's yeah. whenever it doesn't happen, but it's yeah. it's walking alongside with someone and saying, hey, like. How did you do today? How can we be better for tomorrow? What are things that we can practically do together? Whether that's, hey, let's call in the morning when we first wake up or, hey, I'll text you when I wake up and this will be the time. And and if I don't like if I don't answer, like, can you can you come and like wake me up or can you call me yeah. and, and wake me up um, and hold me accountable? Or hey, let's go to a coffee shop and meet up. That's something that I've done yeah. recently yeah. is that instead of doing my time with Jesus in the mornings at my house is I started going to a coffee shop um, at 6.30 in the morning because yep. it forced me to get up, to get out of bed, to get out of my house, and to get ready for my day yeah. to go meet with Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Even while you were talking, I, I just couldn't help but think, like, we kind of just need to lose the expectation and, like, stop trying to accomplish something with yeah. having <laughs> quiet time or trying to encounter Jesus. Like, yeah. I think so many people are paralyzed in their ability to encounter the Lord because they think it has to look a certain way or they feel like they're not accomplishing it well. And something that, you know, I, I've tried to encourage a lot of people in over the years is like, man, you know, there's the times where it it feels like the heavens open up and like the glory yeah. of God descends and like revelation happens. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this sweet, powerful encounter. And then sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. But regardless, just creating the time and the space to be with him, I gain his peace. And if yeah. there's an attribute yeah. that is more consistent and more described in scripture, like it's peace, like yeah. the peace the shalom peace of God's presence. Mm. And so even when we don't gain anything, accomplish anything, so good. you know, like we do gain something. We gain his peace. Yeah. We just stop and slow down. That's we awesome. be, we learn and just see who he is. That's so good. And that's what, like one thing that I was just getting from what you're saying is, and, and that I want to encourage you, you guys with their listening that obedience isn't determined by the perceived outcome. That's that, good. That, that when when you're looking in this place and you're seeking God's face, that that it may not look like the outcome may not be what you think it is. It may not be this this idea of like I'm gonna tangibly feel him and and like you know the sky's gonna rip yeah. open and like uh, it's, it it may not be like that. It 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 might just be this calm feeling or or it might just be this peace as you walk throughout your day or it might be the fact that hey. I learned something about the character of God and, and and I want you to know like that is eternally valuable. Yeah. Like that that holds value in eternity. Yeah. And so um I just want to yeah. leave well, you guys even, with that. I, even as you said that, so uh my my life group met yesterday and I I made I'm a verbal processor, so you know I talk and I figure things out, or I talk and like I, f- I figure out what the Lord's doing or what He's saying. Um, but I was I was talking with my life group, and and I said almost something almost the exact 
phrasing as what you did, but instead of using obedience, I said faith. Said faith isn't determined by the outcome of what actually happens. That's so Amen. good. You know, Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, yep. the conviction of things not seen. Come on. And so whether something, you know, whether breakthrough happens or not, whether God moves in this way or that way, or it doesn't feel like he moved at all, like that does not determine faith. And that doesn't determine, yeah. you know, is your faith, is your obedience, so is your belief strong or good enough or this or that. Yeah. Um, it has nothing to do with what actually happens and accomplishes, but it's it's how you approach the Lord, how you seek yeah. Him, and how you just continue to press into Him and lean into Him and that's, trust Him. I, I truly so think there's going to be more stories in heaven that are on display of great faithfulness, not from the people who could stand up in front of, you know, 15,000 people in a stadium yes. and, and give a good message, but people who, despite circumstances, continued to press into Come the Lord, on. continued 100%. to believe, continued to hope for, you know, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. If we can see it with our own eyes, if we can do it with our own hands, so good. it's not faith and it doesn't it, yeah. it doesn't bring the kind of glory to God that our faith can. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. And that's what like I, I think about, you know, oftentimes like we think that and it, and it is true to saying that God like God desires us to be in heaven with him, like for us for the creation to be with his with with the creator. That's good. But I think sometimes we think of the destination as getting to a place where I'm like this person, where mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm to the place like you think about the most spiritual person that you know in your life, um, whether that be David McQueen for some, or whether that be Brett Stewart or Claire Shipley for some, um, people that you look up to and you're like, we often want to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to be like them, I want to be like them, and we're trying to get to somewhere rather than becoming like someone, so good. and yeah. that someone is Jesus. Jesus. And it's and that's and that's Jesus's heart for us is that yeah. when we seek Him, and that's what you mentioned. Um, Hebrews eleven it says in Hebrews chapter twelve, Hebrews chapter eleven is talking about this whole thing that everything is by faith, mm-hmm. that everything is by faith, that ev- we operate our our whole Christianity is by faith. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of mm-hmm. witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And then it says, And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. on. seeing Jesus, the pioneer and That's perfecter good. of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. So, so it's good. operating this place that that by faith he wants us to become like him, and he wants us to run this race with perseverance, and he wants our eyes set on him. Nice. And ah, oh, that's that's good. So taking that and and throwing it back to Claire. Okay, putting your eyes on Jesus, seeing Jesus, and sitting with Jesus Hmm. in learning how to do that, how did that empower the last three months of the trip of of missions, outreach, you know, serving? And what are some of the things that you saw and and some of the ways that you saw the Lord move? And what did you learn in the midst of it? And how did intimacy with the Lord continue to be your strength? I know I just threw out like eight questions (laughs) in one breath, but go with whatever you want. (laughs) A quote I heard recently is, 
We will never live up to our expectations, but we will always fall back to our preparations. That's good. Wow. Say that one more time. We will never live up to our expectations, but we will always fall back to our preparations. That's so good. Mm. And uh, I would say there were many times that I fell back to my preparation. And I, I want to very clearly state this, that before those three months of lecture, you know, I was running, I was doing, I was doing things for God rather than knowing God. And I saw the shift when I went on those three months of outreach. I saw the shift. I saw that it became more about who God was, who he is, rather than what he could do for me. Yeah. And that was my goal in those three months was to know God rightly, to know him rightly. And, uh, you know, there weren't many opportune moments to sit at his feet. There just really weren't because we were doing ministry all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, early mornings, late nights. But I would give him 30 minutes or I would give him sometimes even 10 minutes or I would Mm -hmm. give him, you know, whatever time I had that day. And I could feel it. You know, I could feel the weight of the decision I had made to chase after Jesus, to know him, to sit at his feet, like Mary did with the alabaster jar in Matthew 26. Mm -hmm. She lavished it all at the feet of Jesus. And there's just something powerful that happens when you know God and then desire to make him known, like YWAM's mission statement says. So, And even in that, again, it's freeing the expected or anticipated outcome from anything that you can do or accomplish, but it then just becomes about knowing God and making Him known. Amen. Like, that's a freeing place to be. It's a joyful place to be. It's a powerful place to yes. be. Yeah. Like, man, like, my encouragement for everyone listening, and I'm, I'm saying this to myself, is just like, Get rid of what you think you're supposed to like accomplish <laughs> and Good. do. Like yeah. and and truthfully, in doing that, I I a hundred percent believe we'll actually accomplish more, but it has nothing to do with focusing on accomplishing or doing, but but learning how to to know God and be known by God and and then allowing him to move and work through that. I mean, that's powerful and that's freeing like it that moves belief and faith from this this obligatory i have to do this you know god is worthy so i just gotta i gotta get up and grind and like you know pedal to the metal like do whatever i need to do and yes there there are the times and the seasons for that but but more than anything just letting the aim and the outcome of everything you do everything you dream for everything you hope for everything you pray for every encounter you have to know God more and to make him known more. Yes. So good. It's so good. And, uh, you know, the great commandment, which says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the headwaters. You know, it's it's the, the initiator for the great commission, which is found mm. at the end of Matthew. Yeah. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For surely I will be with you to the end of the age. That's the floodwaters for why we do what we do, you know. That's yeah. the headwaters. Um, is is from this place of loving God, I want to go and make disciples of all yeah. nations. And that's yeah. what I saw, you know, those three months on outreach. I saw the fruit of just the pressing in, the praying, the constant tears. 
I saw that. I saw that on outreach. It was really awesome. Yeah. That is I love so that, sweet. again, our culture and how a lot of us have been raised, if we've been raised in church or some of the things that we've you know, been taught to, to pursue, you know, we've all been taught the Great Commission and, you know, it's... One, we always emphasize the word go, but in Greek, the command is actually matthiatusate, which is make disciples. That's the command. The going, the teaching, the baptizing are all under the umbrella of yeah. make disciples. Mm. Little side note. Uh, but in that, it, again, it's about doing, accomplishing, like this, that. But if it doesn't pl- flow from a place of loving God and loving people, Yes. It's not that it's powerless because the grace of God will still use it and he'll still bless it because he's on he's on the move and he's at work and he's after the hearts and yeah. the minds of people. But if we're not truly loving God and loving people, something's off and our lives are not bringing him the glory and they are not making the kind of kingdom impact that that they can and that the Lord desires to do that. And so I would I would encourage everyone take like a little assessment of how well am I loving God? How well am mm. I loving people? Look, yeah. look back at your last two weeks. And this yeah. is, this is not meant to bring shame. Shame is from the enemy. Conviction is from the Lord because it calls yeah. us up to who he has called and created us to be. Yeah. But how have I loved God these last two weeks? Yeah. Assess that, evaluate it, write it down, and then how have I actually loved people? And how have I loved people that didn't do something in return for me? Yeah. And allow that assessment to truly determine, Lord, where is my heart and what do I need to grow in? And let that be a launching place for then making disciples, going, teaching, sharing, showing, loving, serving. so good. So good. And just a reminder that you don't have to go to the nations to make disciples. You know, yeah. you can do it yeah. here right now, here in Abilene, Texas, or for me in Fort Worth, Texas, yeah. wherever the Lord leads you, you know, that that can be your ministry. Yeah. It's so good. Absolutely. And we did, I did a podcast actually out in the jungle with Tommy Hood. It was a two-part episode, um, episode 17 and episode 18. Uh, it was called Make Disciples. It's an expectation. And even though we are out in the jungle of Costa Rica, um, we were talking about how every place is a mission field. Every yeah. moment is 100%. a mission field. It's an opportunity. It doesn't have to be overseas. It literally... Yeah. it. It's the grocery store, it's the Starbucks, it's the traffic, you know, at 5 p.m. or 8 a.m. Yes. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, 100%. That's what I think we, we, we think about revival, and, you know, we, we sing songs about it, you know, we, we sing to the God of revival, and we ask him to, to come awaken us, um, and we, we pray for it all the time. And I, I seriously think that revival is one of those things that is so much more tangible than we make it out to seem. Um, and I know in my own so life, good. like, it's something that I've always, you know, you hear about the Great Awakening, and it's like, you know, that, and so many people are, are coming to know Jesus and gathering in these huge stadiums, and, you know, those are great, but, like, I'm like, man, God, like, I I, I want to see you come awaken people. Mm-hmm. And and there's this really sweet moment a few months ago where the Lord just sat me down, and I was just meeting with him, and, and he told me, he goes, revival is a lot more tangible than, than what you make it out to seem. Yeah, he goes, so good. what what revival is, it's, it's one, it's, it's, I need you to ask 
me to come revive you, to, to, to come for, for me to come and awaken you to who I am. Yeah. So, cause that's who you are. You're, you're my son. And so I want to come awaken you to who you truly are. But now like, I want to send you, I, I, I want you to go make disciples. And, and what is, what does it look like to make disciples? And it's like, it's living your life just sold out for Jesus. It's it's when you're in the chip aisle in the grocery store and, and you see someone there um, just saying, hey, I hope you know, like Jesus loves you. It's really what it is. It, it's seeing the one um, and seeing them how Jesus sees them Come and on. letting them know of that. Um, and then from there, it's, it's, hey, can we walk out and do life together? Like, let's like, I would love to like, meet up and just get to know you better. Mm-hmm. Um, making, I think about it for like me and my own friends. It's, it often started out with just a conversation of like, Hey, would you want to go grab coffee and just talk about life? And it's, and it's not even with the intention of like, Hey, like I'm going to go there and share math, right. you, you know, a certain book of the Bible, a certain chapter yeah. and certain verse. And we're going to study the Bible. It was, Hey, I, I just want to know about your life. And what's crazy is it's so often that the conversation flows into an opportunity to where I can share Jesus to them, where I can share the gospel with them, where mm-hmm. where I can encourage them in some way that's been going on or vice versa. They're yeah. able to do the same um, with me. Um, yeah, that's so good. Um, we're going to start wrapping it up, but um, Claire, I do want you to, you mentioned having some resources. I, I want you to talk about those, throw those out. What books, sermons, podcasts, music, you know, what would you throw out there that's been impactful on you and that could be a a great resource to to any of our listeners? So there's a series that Mike Bickle released called Growing in Prayer. That was a great series for me to, um, to listen to, to help with growing in conversation with the Lord. Um, Mike Bickle has this quote that's, you move, once you grow in prayer, you move from duty to discipline to delight. Mm. And that's kind of what Carson was talking about earlier yeah. is it can, it can move from, from duty to discipline to delight. And I'm yeah. truly at a place now where I'm delighting and conversating with the Lord. Yeah. So sweet. Taste and see of the goodness of the Lord. You know, I'm just hungry to taste him <laughs> every single day. Um, it's a delight Good. Uh, another resource is listen to the fire and fragrance podcast. The DTS I was in was called fire and fragrance in Kona and, uh, it's growing, it's thriving. It's an awesome DTS. And I would really encourage, uh, the audience to listen to that podcast. If you want to yeah. know what, what the classes are like, what the sermons are like. And, uh, trying to think if there are any more resources. Honestly, anything by Mike Bickle, anything by YWAM Kona is really good. Yeah. Um, Andy Bird. Yeah. So those are just a few. Awesome. And again, I'll put those resources in the show notes. Um, and then also to summarize some of the verses that, that we've talked about today, we talked about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, uh, that's 19 and 20. We talked about the greatest commandments, that's found in Matthew 22, uh, I think it's 36 through 40. We talked about Psalm 27.4, Galatians 6.9. I don't know that we referenced it, but we talked about friends with God, John 15, um, being a a friend with God, and then also Matthew 6.33. And so uh, I'll put those those scripture references in the show notes as well. Um, But yeah, Claire, thank you so much for for being here and, and sharing a little bit. Oh, actually, as we close, I want you to... Tell the audience 
the the salvations and the healings and the yeah. tell give a brief run through of those numbers um, from all of the the DTSs and 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 everywhere that YWAM is. Absolutely. Um, so from our DTS Fire and Fragrance, we had twenty countries in 2016. So this is just from y'all's. From our DTS, DTS. Three, 350 okay. students. Wow. Yeah. Fire right and there here. were there were 10 people, there were 10 people on my team, two leaders, and uh, shout out to Brady and Kayla and the team. Um it was an honor to walk with them. But there were again 20 countries, 26 teams, and we saw total 10,700 salvations. Wow. We wow. saw a thousand, and I believe 44 healings. Wow. Um, and we saw, or we saw 20,000 people hear the gospel for the first time. Yeah. And so mm. it was awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. So that cool. is so awesome, man. Praise wow. God for that. Yeah. That, no joke. And just the the faithfulness of the Lord to like. The faithfulness of the Lord comes and meets our faith. Like when we step out and live in faith and we are seeking to see his face, to know him and to make him known, his faithfulness, it, it, it comes upon us, anoints us, empowers us, and things like that, lives are, are changed entirely uh, just from walking in obedience and saying yeah. yes to the Lord. And so um, just... Shout out to God, <laughs> like I mean, Shout out to for God. real, like <laughs> our homie, like he's just he's just so faithful, and that encourages me. Like God is that faithful that He will use someone so broken as myself and Come imperfect on. as myself, and yeah. the fact that the the perfect power of God can be displayed and be delivered to people through imperfect people, like yeah, who else can do that? No one. <laughs> Um, so praise be to He's God so for that. But yeah, Claire, thank you so much for for sharing a little bit about that journey. Not just what you did, but what was done in you. And, and we're excited yeah. to see how that continues to grow in the days to come. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. So Let's thank go. you so much. Again, everyone, I will put those resources into the show notes. Um, and other than that, we hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.